Welcome to Dialed In, a podcast by Callbox, where we talk with dental industry leaders and influencers about the latest trends, technologies, themes, and best practices in the business of dentistry. Be sure to subscribe directly or on your favorite podcast app and visit callbox.com slash dental to learn more about Callbox's innovative solutions for leveraging the phone at your practice. Thanks for joining us on Dialed In, a podcast presented by Callbox. I'm Asher Weinstein. Today, we're going to focus on industry themes, emerging technology trends, best practices, all learned through Callbox's experience working with more than 5,000 dental practices and told by a panel of Callbox's own industry leaders. Joining me today is Callbox COO, Patrick Elvram. Thanks, Asher. Excited to be here. Senior Strategic Consultant, Katie Lawrence. Hey, Asher. And Senior Enterprise Account Executive, Corey Johnson. Hey, guys. Well, thank you all for being here today. I'd like to start us out by having each of you introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit more about how you got to where you are now and your current role at Callbox within the dental industry. And I'd like, Patrick, if you could lead us off. Yeah, thanks, Asher. Like you said, um, I'm the COO here at Callbox. I've been here almost 10 years. Um, Prior to that, I was actually a submarine officer. So my background is pretty heavy in people and process. So I really enjoyed uh, getting to know our dental space and seeing how um, they run people and processes. Katie? Yeah, so I'm Katie. Uh, like Asher said, I'm a senior strategic consultant here at Callbox. Uh, my degree is actually in advertising, um, but my career background is all in staff training and development. So uh, Callbox is a really easy fit for that. Um, I am able to kind of combine the two. So taking communication and helping you know, to ensure our practices and marketing teams have the data available to make smart decisions. And last but certainly not least, Corey. So I've been with Callbox for a little over six years. I got my start here in automotive. It's been shocking when I'm when I'm talking to folks in the dental space to hear this, but automotive is actually really far advanced when it comes to client sourcing and, and managing that sort of database. So by working with some of the largest clients on, on our end on that side, I actually learned a lot about the ins and outs of the phone, um, their CRM, their database management, and their processes. And I've been really excited to work with our dental partners, applying that into the dental space as well. Great. Patrick, from that, it sounds like you've uh, you've been at Callbox the longest and have probably seen a, a ton of change over the years. Um, I'd like to ask you, you know, a two-part question here. One, can you talk about some of the, the biggest industry developments you've seen and then follow that up with where you predict to see the industry in the next five to 10 years or so? Sure. Yeah, it sounds like you're just pointing out the fact that I'm the oldest guy in the room. <laughs> That's what I heard. Yeah, Thanks. Um, while true, um, not always appreciated, though. Geez. Um, you know, it, it's been really fun to watch this industry over the past five or six years. You know, you, you've seen some pretty massive changes. I don't think anybody's surprised by the fact that um, I would list some of the economic influence as one of the biggest drivers of change. Um, you know, coming out of the recession, there was a bunch of money sitting on the sidelines that needed a safe place to go. And all of a sudden, dental practices were a very popular landing spot for that money. So as private equity swooped in, you, you saw all these roll-ups start to happen. And these, these DSOs that at one time, you know, 50 offices were large, all of a sudden that was a small to medium size and, and we grew from there. So 
all of that consolidation has been interesting to watch. And at the same time, um, I would say the other biggest change factor that I've seen is, is just the way technology is advanced and, and not per se in the office itself, actually, but in the hands of the consumer. So, you know, as these technologies like, you know, Google, Amazon, Uber have really conditioned us as consumers and patients to just expect this completely easy, frictionless buying experience. It's been interesting to see that applied to the dental space. Um, I think some people would argue that, that it it's not a big factor, but I would go hard in the other direction and say that, you know, when you expect to be able to search on your phone, click a button and have, you know, a, a car show up at your curb in five minutes or a package on your doorstep, you know, within 24 hours, um, it's almost subconscious that when you make contact with any business, whether it's a, a dental office or a bookstore, you expect them to almost know why you're calling ahead of time, know why you're walking in that store ahead of time and be able to answer intelligently whatever questions you might have and, and drive you quickly to resolution. Um, so as I look forward, I think we're just going to see a continuation of a lot of those trends. I think the consolidation is going to continue. I think these big boys will begin to get even bigger. And I think you'll see a lot of these smaller DSOs and, and organizations get swallowed up by those larger ones. Um, I think there's, as exciting and frothy as the market is today, I think there's a lot of runway um, for continued growth of the DSOs and for a lot of people to have some very exciting and attractive outcomes for their business. I also think that the technology um, will move from the consumer consumer into the business. Um, we've seen that in other industries, right? As, as the consumer becomes more tech savvy um, and all this money flows into the space and drives this consolidation, the processes will become more important. So the businesses are behind today, but will we'll rush to, to catch up. So they'll be more willing to adopt the technologies that will help them cater to their customers in the way that they prefer, in the way that they expect. So it sounds like from Patrick's experience here, he sees us going more into you know, DSOs and, you know, the customer having more of a frictionless experience or, or expecting that experience. Um, Corey, what do you feel are going to be some of the biggest roadblocks to achieving those future advancements within the space? I think one thing to be wary of is that um, as we're consolidating and as we're bundling in technology to make this easier, that dental is still a people-driven business. Um, there's going to be a really big balancing act between the, the patient experience, which we are trying to streamline and make easier, um, but making sure that that goes hand-in-hand hand with making sure that each doctor, each office maintains some level of individuality and is able to create their own culture internally while still adhering to these larger processes that a DSO um, is going to try to implement. What, I mean, what are your thoughts on just status quo being the biggest enemy to advancement? Yeah, I mean, the, the cost of doing nothing is, is huge and something that we usually don't think about. Um, I think that the, the traditional means of um, patient acquisition and patient management is behind the times, um, especially when you think about something as simple as as Uber and and Amazon that we use every single day, um, you're taking, you know, a 
you're getting back in your time machine and going back in time five or 10 years when it comes to contacting, you know, a, a, a dentist these days. Um, is that what you're asking? Yeah, you know, and it, I thought it was interesting. You mentioned your former background in automotive. Um, Katie and I were talking just the other day, and she was saying, you know, the automotive folks have a problem. Um, and surprisingly, maybe these dental folks have a similar problem, but the goals are different. Katie, mm-hmm. can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, a lot of times in these dental practices, we're, we're talking to um, – practice managers and office staff members who just don't view themselves like salespeople. They're not trying to sell the appointment. And so um, while, you know, motivated by something very, very different, um, I think they do need to be thinking about some of those sales kinds of techniques in order to get the patient not only to make the phone call, but then also to book the appointment, right? One thing that's interesting, I want to go back to what Patrick was just saying about the that frictionless buying process. Um, I had a client just tell us the other day that um, they're giving the opportunity online for their uh, patients to just book the appointment right there before ever having to make a call or do anything like that. And they're not doing it. There is, to Corey's point, still a huge need for the people interaction um, within a dental office, especially that's not always there in other spaces like automotive where people would be fine not ever talking to an auto sales guy. Um, it's not going to be the same in dental. I don't, I don't think. I, I agree. It's not the sort of one click transaction that you can make in, in other verticals. Uh-huh. There's a lot of questions that are asked by the patient before they have the trust to come in for an appointment. Uh-huh. Um, I think that the office, I think office managers and front desk staff are oftentimes jaded to the lack of experience with the dental world that a patient has. It's something you typically transact with twice a year. Um, And when you're changing dentists, there's a lot of things that the average consumer is unaware of from insurance to, you know, the types of uh, processes or treatments that are out there. Um, So your average consumer is incredibly blind as to what they're jumping into when they call a dentist. And I think that a lot of times the kind of the process of actually handling that phone call is taken for granted because we forget how little your average consumer knows mm-hmm. about the dentist. Yeah, so true. So you guys, uh, you guys just talked about the people aspect of dentistry mm-hmm. um, and the trust that needs to be there. I think often fi- oftentimes we find that um, when the words artificial intelligence come <laughs> up, we hear that the buzzwords. Yeah, that that trust um, sometimes goes out the window with consumers. Um, so I want to talk about that um, and the you know what what role do you think artificial intelligence um, will play within dental practices that are are looking to um, achieve success through through growing and um, through treating their patients better? Yeah, that's a good question. I think. Um you're exactly right that there is a level of kind of fear around artificial intelligence. The word can sound kind of scary. Um, It's sort of like the hot topic today that people want to hear, but just don't know what it's going to do for them um, or what the implications of it will be. I think for us, where we see it really being utilized today um, is through just sorting through data faster. So one of the things at Callbox that we're able to do is – identify key pieces about the phone call that tell us, you know, how 
high of a value is that patient or how, um, you know, maybe what happened to their call when they came in so that we can get back in touch with these patients faster if needed. Um, so even though artificial intelligence, you know, sounds like it's maybe going to be this scary piece, what it does, it gets us information about the caller faster so we can get them taken care of faster. Well, I've seen a, quite a bit of um, a move towards and a willingness to consider the, these more advanced tools, right? It, you know, we've been in this space for a long time, but really got serious about um, delivering a, a industry-specific solution probably five or six years ago. And I remember back then it was, um, you know, a lot about just counting calls and, and maybe providing a, a call recording. But the most frequent objection that we would hear as to why that's not as important is, uh, you know, all of my patients are referrals, right? That's where I get all of my patients from. And it's, it's amazing to think how quickly that environment has changed, right? As, as these other groups have come in and, and kind of played to the consumer, whether it's a mint or a floss who are out there um, with a very different marketing campaign <laughs> strategy than we've Such seen right. previously. And, you know, these dentists have woken up to the fact that, hey, these phone calls are more important than ever just for replacement volume on the consumers I'm losing in this more retail environment. Mm -hmm. So it's it's no longer status quo isn't status quo. Status quo doesn't keep you level. Status quo puts you out of business, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be um, more intentional about keeping the clients you have and then capturing the client opportunities that are coming in through your phone today. Um, and most dentists, that, that feels pretty overwhelming. Um, so they welcome the idea that, hey, there are tools out there that make this feel more manageable. Mm -hmm. On that topic, and, and Patrick, you just mentioned uh, a few um, DSOs who are doing things differently. Um, to all of you, who have you worked with that you feel are making some of the most noteworthy advancements and embracing emerging technology as the future of dentistry? What are they really doing right in your guys' eyes? I'll take that one. Um, you know, without doing a bunch of name dropping, I, I will say that, you know, the best resource resourced DSOs um, are typically the ones who are out there trying new things, right? They've got the resources and um, the history, the trajectory to take a chance, right? So, you know, I'm seeing more and more DSOs try things like Salesforce. That's not a platform that's been traditionally leveraged in the dental space. You know, it is a unapologetic sales platform. And, and so similar to that, we're looking at, at more sales enablement tools, BI dashboards. You know, um, while this is old hat in, in, you know, big insurance companies and maybe big automotive companies leveraging the data to drive the business, uh, you, you're seeing these big DSOs follow suit. Yeah. And, and it, it's not, not a coincidence. It's the fact that there's a lot of very smart people behind the professional money that, that's driving the business. So, you know, beyond just leveraging new technologies and, and AI buzzwords, you know, more practically, you know, I, I'm seeing these folks be intentional about what's happening on the phone. So, you know, in the old days, it was there's one person up at the front desk and they're going to handle whoever walks in the front door and then pick up the phone when they can. Right. And traditionally, a ringing phone is, is really just an annoyance. The mission of that ringing phone is to make it stop ringing. Um, whereas today people are, are recognizing, Hey, that's, that phone experience is not consistent with the patient experience that we're out there marketing, right? We've, we've worked hard to produce a brand experience online, maybe, 
We feel really good about the brand experience when you walk into our practice, but the phone's a black hole. So these these dentists that maybe, you know, a year or two ago just started sending out appointment reminders or maybe doing mm-hmm. some texting, and that, that sounded really cool and advanced, they're starting to get even more aggressive about, hey, how can we be more intentional about servicing our customers over the phone? So a lot of these folks are moving towards a call center and have specialists, mm-hmm. you know, and you see this from a really micro call center of just five or six phone specialists who handle scheduling and and rescheduling and doing those appointment reminders to really, really large call centers who handle the traffic across hundreds and hundreds of practices. And when you do that, you really do need advanced communication tools. You need to be able to handle all channels of communication really in a single place to be able to do that well. And most of today's tools that are out there, I'll be honest with you, um, they're built around the dentist not the consumer. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're clunky. And, you know, as, as the consumer, as, as the patient, mm-hmm. it's an annoyance, not, mm-hmm. a, not a helpful um, tool. Yeah. One really cool use case I've seen for that, actually, um, I've got a client right now who's just starting to use a sales platform to um, basically take uh, specific retargeting approaches. So they're pulling the call data and using, you know, through artificial intelligence, using our technology to um, pull out keywords like they talked about price or they talked about maybe a specific procedure, Invisalign or a specific service, and then um, pushing that data into their sales platform to retarget those callers who called in and didn't book an appointment, but we know now what they were talking about. So we want to ping them a reminder that says, hey, remember you were supposed to book that appointment about Invisalign, call us back or click here to call. And it's a great use case for a sales platform that's new to the dental space. That's I haven't seen it used very often at least. So it's pretty exciting to see it. That, that's a great story. And it, it kind of reminds me of a, a story of, you know, for maybe a lot of our listeners, that might sound like, geez, we're nowhere close to that <laughs> at this point, sure. you know, we can't even get the phone answered. Um, one of our, our earliest clients, they, they had a great story. We, we were doing some things for them and it was all on a marketing basis. They would put our numbers on a marketing piece and count how many calls came in so they could calculate ROI. Great. That's super important. But what happened was they had a weekly executive team meeting at 8 a.m. And I think it was 8 a.m. on Tuesdays. And so they would meet in the conference room and they would be having their executive team meeting and there would be phones ringing in the background coming from the direction of their little little call center. And so after a couple of weeks of this, the CEO says, what, what are these phones that keep ringing? And I said, oh, it's the call center. They don't, they don't come in until nine. Um, so those, those all go to voicemail. And he just starts asking questions about, well, what do we do with the voicemails? And nobody really had a good answer. So we'll log in. Let's listen to them. I don't know how to log in to listen to those voicemails. <laughs> so it was something just very rudimentary, yeah. like capturing those phone calls that aren't being answered and then making callbacks and maybe bringing somebody in at eight mm-hmm. to capture those mm-hmm. appointments that are coming in before the call center is manned. And, and from that very just basic blocking and tackling item of collecting that information and then acting on it, now they've started to layer on some of the advanced kind mm-hmm. of you know, really, really neat and, and sexy technology tools that, that Katie's talking about. So where they're actually, you know, retargeting, pursuing these lost opportunities where maybe an office gets um, redirected to a, to a patient location or a practice location rather, and that call doesn't end up how it should. You know, maybe the 
the office manager there is stressed and, and in a hurry. And so they have a quick exchange of information, give a price and get off the phone. They're quickly recognizing that via some of our artificial intelligence tools so that they can make that salvage call. And it's amazing once they start doing that, we see, hey, here's some business that you never would have had. And they're able to salvage upwards of you know, 30, 35% of those calls. The, the call center piece is interesting because pretty much every group's going to agree that, that there's the phone is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, a call center, a lot of times, seems like a quick and easy solution to that problem until you come across an example where there are calls before 9 a.m. and we're not staffed at those hours. Um, <laughs> a call center is hard to do. Um, rarely do we call AT&T or Verizon and have a good experience with their call centers. And it's largely their only business is making sure that call center runs smoothly. Um, so it's just a, a word of caution when you, when, when a call center seems like the answer to all of our problems, um, staffing, it's a bear, making sure that we're, you know, fully built up technology wise, that all of those processes are in place and that it works for the patient um, it, it's, you know, it's not necessarily the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that, that we all kind of think that it is. Well, I'll jump in on that too, because I think good chance for us to own an early mistake. Um, as we saw that happening and we're engaged in some, there was one specific example that comes to mind, um, big D- DSO on the East coast, um, had ramped up a call center pretty quickly with big aggressive growth plans. And we provided our tools um, as a way to help them them do that and have good data and have good insight into what was happening on the phone. And unfortunately, uh, the growth there was so dynamic. And as, as anybody who's run a call center and been involved in one at all, staffing a call center is really hard. Finding experienced call center managers capable of running a sizable organization is extremely difficult. And then you hit these tipping points too of the call center that worked great at 15 agents all of a sudden stops working really well at 25 or 30 agents. Mm-hmm. And so we watched all of this and it was sort of like watching a, a, a train wreck happening, quite frankly. And, and, you know, unfortunately for us, we sort of self-righteously said, hey, sometimes the our best value is the bad news we deliver. So we would provide these metrics that showed, hey, this is a disaster. Um, and ultimately, that, that call center failed, and uh, as did our partnership with that VSO, uh, because it was connected to that call center. And we learned an important lesson there, right? There, as you consider a call center, like Corey said, it is not a one-size-all fits or one-size-fits-all solution. You know, key in considering a call center is what is the right size of the call center? What is the right function of that call center. So now when we're engaged in a partnership for, for new or existing call centers, we get in alignment right from the get-go so that we can help them avoid some of the mistakes that we've seen uh, again and again as people try to ramp up call centers. Um, unfortunately, the, the, the casualties are littered across this space of people who have scaled up a call center, torn down a call center, mm-hmm. scaled up a call center, torn down a call center. Um, despite being exhausting, it's enormously expensive. So we want to get in there early with them to find that perfect balance of where if it's going to be an outbound call center, they're going to be very, very, very good at outbound. If they're going to be an overflow call center, they're going to be extremely good at overflow, and we're going to make sure their routing profiles are set up correctly. So it's, it's absolutely critical that 
people go into a call center eyes wide open and know exactly kind of the function and the mission that they're trying to achieve. Yeah, while we're on uh, call centers, Corey, before um, before we went live today, um, you were talking to me a bit about what Callbox has planned for call centers in the uh, in the future um, and where where you guys are planning on being able to help. Can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, a lot of it is taking it and shifting the mentality of making the call center work for the office, for the DSO, and making it something where the call center works for the patient. Um, what we've started doing is tying the, the patient call to the, the dentist office database um, to be able to do things and, and increase that patient experience like you have when you were calling your airline and as soon as you dial in that number, they, they automatically recognize you and they give you a customized experience based on your phone number. Mm-hmm. So imagine something like you're calling into your dentist office that you've been visiting for a number of years and you potentially have an upcoming appointment um, you know, scheduled for three weeks out. Um, you call in, the, the, the agent who answers that phone call immediately is aware of your name and the upcoming appointment that you have by tapping into their database, into their practice management system. That allows them to greet that patient specifically, saying, hi, Mr. Johnson, um, how, how are you doing today? We see that you have an appointment coming up in three weeks. Is that, is that the reason for your call? And as, as a patient, that is an incredible experience to be, one, recognized um, as an individual, but two, you know, cut off a minute of, of the conversation that was about to happen. Um, so we're seeing tying things like that into not only enhancing the patient experience, but also making a, a call center more efficient. Um, and and that's, that's just the beginning. Yeah. And I think where that works, like plays really well with the patient too, is having that seamless experience from, am I talking to the call center or am I talking to the office? It, I mean, the office is much more successful when that patient feels tied to them specifically, to that individual office. That's going to increase existing patients um, returning, right? So um, coming back for their follow-ups because they feel more connected to more people in that office. Um, so yeah, I think you're exactly right. Connecting or, or making the patient feel like when they call the call center, they might be talking to the office too. In a in an attempt to give uh, some of our listeners a, a peek behind the call box curtain, Patrick, I want to ask you something that um, that makes you very proud of of your company. Yeah, I love this company for a lot of reasons, but if I'm, I'm speaking specifically of Callbox Dental, um, I don't even know if our own employees realize this completely. Um, we really created this space for call tracking in its current form. I'm very proud of that. And it's affirming to me now that we're seeing some competitors come into this space mm-hmm. and, and really challenge us to move forward. Um, so I'm very proud of that. I'm also very proud of, and Katie can speak of the individual experiences here, of the kind of being able to, to cross over from marketing into the operations team, right? Traditionally, we've been a marketing analytics tool. And often that still is the entry point for us in these partnerships, but um, the core value more and more often really is this this operationally critical uh, piece for providing a, a great patient experience that leads to more booked appointments and more loyal customers. So, you know, Callbox in 2016 was a 
post-call reporting platform. As you look at the way our customers are leveraging us today, uh, we are right there at the point of execution with them, helping them real-time service their patients more effectively as an operating platform. Um, so I'm very, very proud of that, and, and I think there's enormous opportunity to continue to expand in this space. Thank you, Patrick. Corey, you've been pretty active on the conference circuit lately. Um, Dykema scaling up, Dental Group Evolution, AADGP, to name a few. Um, what are some of the biggest takeaways that you've had at these different conferences? I've, I've really enjoyed the dental conferences, um, not only because I'm comparing them to automotive conferences, <laughs> but Fair. I've, yeah, uh, I've, I, a couple of things. I've really enjoyed, one, the collaboration between vendors at the show. Um, what's been really cool to see is that all of the services out there do really seem to be focused on supporting the individual dentist, the DSO, the, the doctor operator, um, all of the above. The, the services out there continuously improve and, they're, and all the vendors are working together to try to make um, what they're providing as seamless as possible. So that's been really cool to see. Um, I've also really enjoyed the the doctors and the the managers and the operators who I've met at these shows. I've enjoyed their pure curiosity, be it speaking to us or or other vendors at the show. Um, everyone's been very open to seeing what's new, um, whether they're signing up or not. Everyone's trying to learn from everyone they're meeting at these shows. Um, another thing that I've really liked is from the speakers. And what I've learned is that since there's so many ways to do this, um, you pull 20 DSOs and you're going to see 20 different DSO models, that it's been really great to learn from all the points of views that are out there and to find different ways to have success um, in the industry um, by making something that fits for their team and their doctors. Yeah, just to comment on vendor collaboration, I think that's so huge in this industry for vendors to, to be able to play nice together. So a lot of um, what I'm constantly talking to our clients about is what other vendors of theirs we can partner with to make sure they're really benefiting from the data we're providing to and vice versa. So how do we partner together to really provide the best data for the dental practice to make the decisions they need? Um, that's been an awesome thing to learn um, in the last couple of years, especially. Good. Well, on the topic of learning and collaboration, I want to uh, I want to finish up by asking each of you to either share a, a piece of practical advice you might give uh, someone starting out in dentistry or maybe a, a newer DSO looking to to grow. Um, or maybe even some of the best resources that are out there in, in your guys' eyes um, for those those groups that are trying to grow as well. Yeah, totally. I'll start. Um, I think for, for me personally, one um, uh, site that I subscribe to is Dentistry IQ. They do a really great job of just pulling useful information. They'll link to other articles on the web. Um, they just keep tabs on what everyone's talking about in dentistry. So I pull a lot from there. Um, and then with my practice managers, we're talking all the time about just how to better train and equip our staff. So um, 
I love to read, big reader. Um, and most recently, I read a book called The Culture Code that I would highly recommend to any manager to read. Um, it's an incredible book to just refocus your team and kind of get um, everybody on the same page and after the same mission. So highly, highly recommend that book right now. So when I when I first started at Callbox six and a half years ago or however long it was, one, one, of, the, one of my menial tasks as a newbie was to review our clients' phone calls. So I spent a few hours a day listening to uh, potential customers call auto dealerships, and, uh, and I was helping review those phone calls for, for our team. I was kind of an auditor. What it taught me, though, and what I learned was the exact same challenges that our clients um, were going through. So when I switched over to dental, um, I did the same thing. I listened to our clients' phone calls um, to the point that I felt like I completely understood every scenario that a front office uh, team member would find themselves when handling a, a, a patient phone call, be it new, existing, billing, what have you. So my piece of advice would be, um, since you're in the environment, would be take that a step further um, listen to your calls if, if available, if you've got a, a means to, to review those phone calls. Um, but I think everyone in the office should be experienced in handling those phone calls. I don't think there's a better way to get a true understanding of not only your, your patient base and who those folks are, but what the challenges are of your front office staff, maybe what challenges your patients are running into when they call. Um, I think everybody should spend time on the phone talking to patients. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Man, Katie and Corey uh, nailed it. You know, I would say for somebody entering the space today or, or maybe looking at making a transition or selling their practice or partnering, and they probably already know this, but this is a very different dental industry than it was when you were, you know, getting your braces in fifth grade. <laughs> um, but that's a good thing. It, this is an extremely exciting time in dentistry. Um, it's been really, really fun and, and just energizing, honestly, to kind of tap into the entrepreneurial spirit that, that's happening right now. We, we've talked about it in, in this conversation, but there are just some really great people in this space. It's so enjoyable being a part of that and, and collaborating. And these are um, not just great people, but they're really, really smart people. And there's a reason why they're here. There's a lot of money to be made. And so when you can make a lot of money working with great people, um, that's a good thing. So I would encourage anyone to lean into that. Um, attend these conferences. When you're at those conferences, introduce yourself to as many people as possible. Um, what's fun about these conferences is it's that's not awkward, right? Um, we're still at that stage where there's so much opportunity out there. You don't necessarily have to step on someone's head to to maximize your outcome, right? We, we can share ideas. We can collaborate together to produce you know, the best outcome for ourselves and for our investors. So, you know, if you're coming into the space, move quickly, um, get to know people and uh, embrace what is a very new and exciting dental industry. Well, I want to thank the three of you again. Um, COO Patrick Elvram, Senior Account Executive Corey Johnson, and Senior Strategic Consultant Katie Lawrence. My name is Asher Weinstein, and I want to thank all of you out there for listening to Dialed In. Thanks for listening to Callbox Dialed In. If you'd like to be kept in the loop on future episodes, subscribe directly or on your favorite podcast app. 
Callbox is a comprehensive tool used by more than 5,000 dental practices and DSOs to optimize phone handling processes, increase appointments, and improve caller experience by providing insight into every patient phone call. To learn more, visit us at callbox.com dental.